Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen of the day. You can, of course, access it through any podcast app. Simply smash that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. Uh, just a quick reminder that if you're on Twitter, you can follow the podcast at LockedNHLBruins. Same handle in, on Instagram. And you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. On today's podcast, I'm uh, going to get into why it is a special holiday up here in Canada today and how it relates to hockey, specifically through Fred Sasakamus. Also catch you up on the latest from Boston Bruins training camp. There was no practice on Wednesday, uh, but the Bruins will be in action tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers, and uh, I think we can expect a few more regulars in the lineup than we've become accustomed to over the first couple games. But first... Uh, I just want to talk about today being the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. September 30th marks the first National Day for Truth and Reconciliation up here in Canada. This day honors the lost children and survivors of the residential school program that ran up here in Canada from 1831 until 1998. The last school closed only 23 years ago. Residential schools, basically the government would come onto uh, indigenous people's lands and scoop up their kids and assimilate them all into schools mostly run by churches. Uh, So they were ripped apart from their families and uh, they were made to live in these schools that were not great uh, conditions to begin with. Uh, and they were also subject to uh, physical, sexual, mental abuse along the way. Uh, a very sad uh, and very dark part of Canada's history. So today we honor the lost children and survivors of residential schools, uh, of which Fred Sasakamus was one. We also remember their communities, their families. Uh, There's public commemorations of the tragic and painful history and ongoing impacts of residential schools, uh, and that's a vital component of the reconciliation process. Today, we also wear orange. It's an indigenous-led grassroots uh, day that honors the children who survived Indian residential schools and remembers those who did not. Uh, The orange shirts relate specifically to the experience of uh, a girl named Phyllis Webstad, a northern Shuswap from the uh, First Nation, who on her first day of school, she arrived dressed in a new orange shirt, and it was taken from her. So the orange shirt is now a symbol of the stripping away of culture, freedom, and self-esteem experienced by indigenous children over generations. Uh, there were, like I said, Residential schools run from 1831 to 1998, a total of 140 of them. The last school closed only 23 years ago, 
and survivors advocated for recognition and reparations, demanded accountability for the lasting legacy and harm caused by the schools. And uh, this day is a uh, nationally recognized day in Canada uh, to that end. And even over this past summer, you may have seen in the news, uh, there were graves of children uh, that were discovered on sites of some of these schools. So what does this all have to do with hockey? Well, back in December, Francis Akamus, uh, one of the first Indigenous NHL players, passed away at the age of 86 from complications due to COVID-19. And he was a residential school survivor. I read his book uh, over the summer, which is called... Call Me Indian, From the Trauma of Residential School to Becoming the NHL's First Treaty Indigenous Player. Fred Sasakamus, he was born in uh, 1933 on uh, Christmas Day, actually. He was one of 11 children. He grew up in Saskatchewan. Uh, Six of his siblings died from smallpox. And when he was six years old, Canadian authorities forced Uh, Fred and his brother into a truck and took them to a residential school in Duck Lake, Saskatchewan. There he experienced and witnessed uh, just just undescribable uh, atrocities, abuse, and uh, it's very harrowing to read that uh, those accounts. He uh, had a troubled time at school. He was nine. He was uh, sexually assaulted by fellow students. He suffered corporal punishment from school officials, uh, but there he also learned how to play hockey. Uh, His skills were first recognized by a priest uh, who became the sports director of the residential school, and the priest pushed young Fred to improve his skills, and he went on to develop an extraordinary left-hand shot as a result. Uh, He met with scouts, and at the age of 16, he joined the Junior Moose Jaw Canucks, who played in the Western Canadian Junior Hockey League. He scored 31 goals during the 1953-54 season and was named the league's MVP. Uh, He also made his NHL debut with the Chicago Blackhawks in 1953, playing against our very own Boston Bruins. He played two games with Chicago at that time before being sent back to junior. He was called up again a few months later, uh, and he eventually played 11 games for the Blackhawks that season, uh, failed to record a point, and the rest of his career was spent in various minor leagues for a whole host of reasons, uh, which he gets into in the book. Uh, I was really struck by a Mike Ives article column in the New York Times, uh, and he wrote about uh, Fred Sasakamus. And uh, this is, well, first, here's a little excerpt from the book. Fred wrote, There have been many indigenous players since I started, but it's good to think I inspired Indian kids way back then. Showed them, showed everyone that we could make it in the white world. That's more important than any award. Reggie Leach was a very uh, prominent indigenous player at the NHL level. He played with the Bruins for a little bit. And he said of... Sasakamus, a lot of people say he only played 11 games, but those 11 games were everything to our First Nation people. 
Now, Ives of the New York Times wrote that Sasakamoose would spend years at St. Michael's, one of Canada's notorious residential schools in Duck Lake, about 60 miles from the Sasakamoose home. The schools, financed by the government but run largely by churches, were in operation from 1883 till 1998. Uh, the government has apologized for the practice and compensated survivors. And a Truth and Reconciliation Commission report in 2015 called the system cultural genocide. And it's that uh, commission report that, uh, you know, launched the uh, holiday that we now celebrate today. Uh, life at St. Michael's was grim. Sasakamus wrote in his book, he never heard words of encouragement, only orders and corrections. That's all we ever got. But he did find joy there playing hockey. And uh, while he did experience much racism on the ice and from the stands, even in media coverage. Uh, he said he was extremely proud to be uh, playing in the NHL. He later served a term as a chief of the Atakakoop Cree Nation, and he also developed a sports program for Indigenous youth, including a tournament for First Nations teams, the Fred Sasakamoose Chief Thunderstick Championship. Now, last year, prior to his passing, more than 300 people turned up at the Roxy Theater in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, to watch a video of one of his NHL games. He watched his younger self, number 21, take the ice, and he leapt to his feet. I had gone back in time, he wrote in the memoir. I was young again for over 60 minutes, young and old at the same moment, full of ambition and energy, yet with the wisdom to know what a rare and wonderful experience it was to have played at all. So I thought it was important just to uh, mention Sasakamoose on this day. Uh, not a typical uh, locked-on Boston Bruins segment, but it's an important day up here in Canada, and I thought uh, you all should be aware of it as well. If it's not too late, uh, put on an orange shirt today. Uh, and uh, I actually have the day off from work, so I'm able to just uh, take some time to, to read a bit and reflect on all of this. And I do highly recommend Sasakamoose's uh, memoir if you are able to uh, to give it a, a look. Of course, do read uh, Willie O'Ree's book as well uh, for another uh, angle on racism in hockey, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on uh, with what has been going on in the Ukrainian league. But I want to thank you again for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen of the day. Uh, I do appreciate all those who take some time to do so. If you're looking for your second listen, I recommend the Locked on NHL podcast, which you can find on all your favorite podcast apps. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, from football, hockey, basketball, baseball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus by using promo code NFL100. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. At Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for a way to streamline your streaming options, look no further than Direct TV. They have introduced a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. 
which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. The best part? There's no annual contract, so stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct Stream. Learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. All right, so as I mentioned earlier, the Bruins will be making their preseason home debut tonight. And they will be playing under a new 4K center hunk scoreboard that is ready to debut for the Bruins and Celtics this season. The Dactronic scoreboard is now the centerpiece of TD Garden and will give fans a place to see highlights and game action in more than 4K resolution and 2.5 millimeter pixel spacing. It sounds pretty incredible and it's the highest resolution in both the NBA and the NHL. So if you're going to be at the game tonight, uh, you will definitely not miss that. And uh, yeah, send me some pics. It looks uh, it looks amazing. Uh, Bruce Cassidy said the other night that uh, there will be more regulars in the lineup uh, now that they are playing at home and have a couple exhibition games under their belts. So we can expect perhaps uh, the new look second line to get a look of, of Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle, and Craig Smith. In fact, uh, when the Bruins posted on Instagram this morning, uh, Hall and Coyle were featured in the game preview image. So, uh, yeah, perhaps they'll be in the lineup. Uh, you know, we're about two weeks away from the start of the regular season. Well, less than that, but the Bruins start a bit late. They start on the 16th. And, uh, yeah, we're going to need to get some of the uh, top nine and the top six in the lineup. One guy that we know will not be in the lineup is Fabian Lysel. The Bruins announced this morning that he has officially been assigned to the Western Hockey League's Vancouver Giants uh, for this season. A lot of positives for Lysel. He made a very good first impression in Boston. Uh, if you recall, back at the draft, there were rumblings of uh, some character issues with regards to Lysel, but all accounts from, <clears throat> excuse me, training camp are that he, uh, you know, put in the work. He uh, made a great first impression with his teammates, with the coaching staff, with the management, and he will be heading to uh, the Vancouver Giants to play in the Western Hockey League this season. Uh, he'll also be playing with a very talented goalie in. Uh, Jesper Vickman, who was selected in the fifth round of the 2020 NHL draft by the Vegas Golden Knights. And, uh, you know, Milan Lucic came up through the Vancouver Giants system. The Bruins and Giants have a pretty good working relationship with one another. And it's obviously a beautiful city for uh, Lysel to spend his first full year in North America. And I know a lot of us will be keeping a close eye on the Western Hockey League this season, uh, probably more than maybe ever before, considering uh, Lysel will be a main featured player in that league this season. Brett Harrison was also sent back to the Oshawa Generals of the Ontario Hockey League, and Ryan Mast was sent back to the Sarnia Sting of the OHL last week. Uh, so, yeah, more than uh, usual... The Bruins will have some junior hockey players in the system, and uh, I'm very much excited to check out Mast and Harrison when they come through uh, Guelph. Uh, I'll be definitely down at the rink to to get a first-hand look at how they're playing 
this season in uh, in junior, and I'll bring those full reports when uh, when they do come through town. So yeah, like I said, the Bruins didn't practice on Wednesday, and with these first round of cuts, we're kind of entering into maybe phase two of training camp, where more regulars will get uh, into the exhibition lineup. Some fringe guys will really have to step up and and make a good impression if they want to make the NHL roster, and uh, the coaching staff and management will have some decisions to make about who who to send back down to Providence, who has warranted uh, further looks deep into training camp, and who might crack the opening night roster, but... Uh, when it comes to that, Fluto Shinzawa of The Athletic uh, posted his um, you know, opening night lineup this morning, and it pretty much mirrors what I've been saying. Uh, the forward group pretty well set in terms of uh, the line combinations. Marshan Berger on Pasternak, Hall Coyle-Smith, DeBrusque, Howla, Felino, and then Frederick Nosik and Lazar on the fourth line. Uh, now, if there are any concerns about Coyle's readiness, Jack Stanika will start as the number two center. Uh, that's where he's been playing uh, to start training camp, at least. And uh, it'll be a good test to see how Coyle is recovering and how ready he is, um, you know, as early as tonight if he does get into this game. Uh, Chris Wagner looks like he's the spare forward uh, who could fight his way into the formation. They might do like a a four-man rotation on the fourth line, uh, and that would leave the likes of Carson Kuhlman uh, down in Providence. But again, remember, he'll have to um, pass through waivers. On defense, Shinzawa has Forbort, McAvoy, Riley, Carlo, and Grizzlick Clifton. If uh, the Bruins are defending a lead, then you'll see that first pair. Uh, if they're trailing, for example, expect Grizzlick and McAvoy to push the offensive pace. Um, so yeah, those kind of two pairings are somewhat interchangeable based on uh, situation. Uh, John Moore and, and Jacobs Borrell are penciled in as the uh, kind of 7th and 8th defenseman, and then, of course, uh, Swayman and Allmark in net. Uh, Shinzawa did have an interesting note about uh, Nesson coverage this season. He said, Nesson will not send its crews to away games for the rest of 2021. They'll air the opposing team's feed while Jack Edwards, Andy Brickley, and Sofia Yerkstevich call road games from their Watertown headquarters. Uh, it's possible they'll revisit this in January, but multiple sources say they will not go on the road for the entire season and perhaps beyond. That will save them on travel, uh, but it also leaves Jack and Brick limited to describing the action off monitors instead of having an all-ice view like they enjoy from TD Garden. So that's a, a bit of a bummer there, certainly for Bruins coverage. Tonight's game, as a reminder, will be the first to be aired on TNT as part of their new rights uh, holder status for NHL coverage. So I'll be very interested to to check that out and see what that will look like. Now, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, and with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. 
why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com, at home, and even in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. They're a family-owned business, and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are always reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could possibly need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen of the day. I highly recommend you check out the Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. They have daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and the lock of the day. Follow Locked On Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. Off the top, we talked about Fred Sasakamus and National Day for Truth and Reconciliation up here in Canada. Reminded us that there are still uh, very deep issues within the world of hockey. And that came to light again this week uh, in the Ukrainian Hockey League where Jalen Smerik was a victim of an incredibly disgusting racist gesture by uh, Andre Deniskin. Andre Deniskin was uh, suspended three games uh, for receiving the match penalty and an additional 10-game suspension for that racist gesture. Uh, it was originally believed that the ban was for three games with the option of an additional 10-game suspension or a fine, uh, but TSN's Gordon Miller tweeted the Ukrainian League issued a correction and clarified uh, there's no option, so it'll be a 13-game suspension, which is still, in my mind, way too light for what happened. Uh, 10 games is the maximum allowable under the league's code of conduct, and that rule will be reviewed at the end of the season. But, you know, there should be uh, an exception in this case. It was an incredibly disgusting, uh, racist gesture, and uh, that man should not be playing hockey again, in my opinion. And we still have a long way to go when it comes to hockey being for everyone. Elsewhere around the NHL, Jonathan Taves uh, played his first game in 407 days. He missed all last season with a chronic immune response syndrome. Uh, he skated almost 23 minutes last night, recorded an assist, three shots, two takeaways, won 15 of 21 faceoffs. Uh, so nice to see. The Blackhawks captain back in action. Uh, still a lot of reckoning to come with that franchise as well, but uh, that's a story for another day, I suppose. In his story about uh, Tampa Bay general manager Julian Breezeball getting an extension, Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic mentioned that uh, Don Sweeney is in the final year of his deal, and we should expect a... Uh, an announcement about an extension there fairly quickly. Uh, you know, he has done a great job of helping the Bruins maintain their contender status. Uh, he's, you know, had some good signings. Uh, he's been a great trader, that's for sure. Uh, very questionable uh, in some respects at the draft, but overall it's been a net positive, and he will likely uh, carry things through 
until maybe they come to full rebuild status, which could be, ugh, let's, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but that could be within the next uh, few years. So yeah, Don Sweeney will probably get, I don't know, three, maybe four, five years uh, to go managing the Bruins. And then we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens at the end of that contract. Uh, but yeah, anyways, that is it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen once again. Uh, thank you for, yeah, listening through the beginning there. Uh, a bit of a different uh, episode today, but I thought it was important to uh, to talk about Fred Sasakamoose, talk about this holiday that's going up in Canada, and uh, about these, yeah, very important issues that uh, do trickle into the world of hockey, as we saw over in the Ukraine uh, last week. I hope you're all doing well. hope you're all having a great week. Uh, what are we going to be watching tonight? Who knows? Well, I'll be watching. Well, I know exactly what I'll be watching. Uh, the Bruins preseason game, but also the Blue Jays-Yankees game, uh, which is incredibly important for all of us listening. Uh, if you're a Red Sox fan, if you're a Blue Jays fan, like me, if you're a Yankees fan, like uh, Bruins fan Kaylee Allard, then uh, yeah, it's a tense times on on the diamond, and uh, I'm very excited to to see what happens there. Might check out some of that Midnight Mass show on Netflix as well. We've only watched one episode. Anyways, that's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Have a great Thursday, friends, and we will. Be back tomorrow with a uh, special returning guest. Later.